everyone, and welcome to Literary Demerit, a podcast where we take a look at works of questionable literary merit. I'm Siobhan. And I'm Kester. It's a new year. It sure is. And that means a new fanfic. Almost. Um, because we're not quite done with Kelly the Roman Warrior, the greatest fanfiction of all time, yet. Uh, we still have the final part, part three, which also happens to be... Uh, it's the, the longest. The longest, yes. So I think we're going to be spending like probably four episodes on this, um, which at the rate we're currently going, that's going to be like two months. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not quite new year, new fanfic. Yeah, um, but at least uh, the the end's in sight, right? Yeah, it it is. It There's something is. new on the horizon. Um, something new and not horrible at all. <laughs> Something really horrible coming up next. <laughs> Something Don't lie. normal and good that you'll like. Don't lie. We 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 did this one as a palate cleanser, um, because dirty laundry made us so insane that we just needed a fic that just radiates and consists of pure joy and just like an abundance of of uh, love for writing and storytelling. This fic is like a breath of fresh air. Um, even though half the words are misspelled and the author doesn't understand paragraphs. I'm just, I'm just sitting over here, like, giggling like a little gremlin, like, yeah, let's get back to the fucked up shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I think it's important to do fucked up shit from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, don't quote me on that. Um, (laughs) but... Uh, I'm going to be quoting you on that and only that. Well, Uh, uh... (laughs) Okay, so we are we are going on the final part, uh, which is called uh, Kelly the Roman Warrior Part 3, The Final Invasion, and I'm looking forward to it. I don't remember this one too well, um, but I, I, I don't know how it could possibly be, like, better than the second part, but I guess we'll see. Um, two lesbian weddings? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so this is uh, once again by King Arthur and the description of it is Kelly must save the earth from the final evil. Final evil is capitalized. <laughs> this is final part of Kel's story. I like how he's putting his foot down and being like, yes, this is the finale. I'm not going to drag this out. Um, this is the final chapter in Kelly's adventure. Yeah, it's it's rare to see like a finished fanfiction trilogy. <laughs> yes, and this also happens to be King Arthur's uh, final fanfic that they posted. Um, His magnum opus. Yeah, the last update was uh, April 5th, 2019. And he hasn't posted anything since, which I mean, I'm a little sad about, but I'm, I also think it makes sense for him to go out with a bang. Um, yeah. I hope he's still writing, but <laughs> not on here, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, he's moved on to greener pastures. Um, yeah. Anyway. This was published on uh, November 21st, 2017. And if you'll remember, um, there was a hiatus while he was writing this. And I messaged him during that and asked him to continue writing. And he uh, got back to me and said, okay, I'll write more. And he finished the story, which was really nice of him to keep me updated on that. So you have an assist in here, too. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. You could say I'm the co-writer. <laughs> no, not really. I don't think he used any of my ideas. Or, I mean, I don't know if he used any of the ideas that I suggested. Because I, I, I genuinely do not remember this one. Um, All right. Well, I guess we'll find out. Or uh, depending on if you remember what you suggested. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, I I, I did suggest remember in the last story um, 
how uh, Dracula isn't like confirmed dead, but they just treat him as like he is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he he actually took my idea um, that Dracula is secretly alive. Like I I do not remember if he did or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what I suggested. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I guess we'll find out. Okay. Yeah. All right. So last week we read chapters seventeen through twenty-two of Kelly the Roman Warrior Part Two. And before we go any further, I actually have to clarify something. So last time during the summary, I talked about how Kelly and her allies divided into two groups. And Group A, the ones tasked with fighting back the plague army, consisted of Sirius, Elrond, Asterix, Obelix, and Solanderus. However, I think King Arthur II forgot who was in what group. Asterix is referenced as being part of Kelly's group, uh, Group B, later and he was actually killed during the battle with the plague rats that happened in chapter 15. Uh, Meanwhile, Solanderus is still apparently part of group A in chapter 16. He's with Elrond, Sirius, and Obelix when when they're exploring the woods, but he doesn't appear to be part of the group anymore in chapter 17. Uh, Actually, after chapter 16, he stops appearing in the story altogether and isn't mentioned again. Um, So I think he may have been forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway... Uh, backing up to where we were, Sirius, Elrond, and Obelix have just discovered the Plague Army plotting their attack on Gaul. As they watch, horrified, the army starts readying to leave the cave. They don't have much time to stop them. Sirius says he has a plan, but it'll cost them all their lives. If Elrond and Obelix stall for a time by attacking the army, Sirius will do a spell to collapse the cave with all of them inside. Elrond and Obelix agree to the plan. Actually, they agree before Sirius even explains it. To cut to the chase, the plan is mostly successful. Sirius causes a cave-in, and nearly the entire army perishes. But the huge plague kraken makes it out alive, albeit badly wounded. Meanwhile, Kelly, Boudicca, Dracula, and King Tut, uh, Elkis isn't mentioned, but I think he's also there, have made it inside the Skull Fortress. Yeah, he and Kelly are kind of like a package deal. Yeah. We, we, we assume they are together, unless stated otherwise. Yeah, and he's mentioned... He's mentioned later uh, as being with them, so I don't think he was forgotten about. I think he's just skipped. Um, Boudicca's legs are wounded, and so Kelly uses her cloak as a makeshift bandage. Their progress exploring the fortress is interrupted when they find a locked door, and before they can figure out how to get past it, Edward Cullen shows up. Quickly, Dracula forces the door open with his sword so that his allies can flee while he fights Edward. He ends up wounding Edward fatally with his sword, but Edward detonates a ghost bomb just before bleeding out. After the bomb explodes, no trace remains of either Edward or Dracula. Kelly cries over Dracula's sacrifice, and Boudicca comforts her. They hear voices coming from a room up ahead, so the group slows down to listen in as they approach. It's Sauron, and he's talking to two other people, who he oddly seems to be subservient towards. Dracula recognizes the second voice as belonging to the plague god Nurgle. Well, King Tut. The third voice Kelly recognizes as her own father. The former Caesar seems to be- Dun, dun, (laughs) dun. The former Caesar seems to be planning on taking out Gaul and England in order for Rome to become the world's most powerful empire. Kelly's shocked, but she and her group ready themselves for battle before heading into the final confrontation. Kelly and her allies enter the room to find two giant thrones. Her father is sitting on one, while Nurgle, the plague god, sits in the other, and Sauron stands before them in the center of the room. When Kelly confronts her dad, the old Caesar is upset to see her with Boudicca, blaming her and her people for the death of Kelly's mother. Nurgle orders Sauron to attack the intruders, though Kelly's dad asks that his daughter be spared. 
During the battle, Kelly manages to kill Sauron for real this time, unless, but not before Sauron kills King Tut. Kelly's dad joins the fray and begins fighting Boudicca, but Kelly gets in between the two of them. Boudicca confesses her love to Kelly mid-battle, and Kelly realizes she feels the same way, so she pleads with Boudicca and her dad to stop fighting, as she doesn't want to see either of them die. The Caesar agrees and decides to stop being evil in favor of helping his daughter fight Nurgle. The Plague Kraken also conveniently shows up at this point. Uh, TLDR of the ensuing battle, Kelly's dad is killed and with his dying breath implores his daughter to befriend the Gauls and the Britons and to prevent further innocent deaths. Nurgle attempts to drown Kelly and her allies in plague liquid, but they kill him. Uh, Kelly and Boudicca team up to stab him in the face and flee the fortress before the plague juice destroys it. Also, the Kraken dies of his yeah, he just dies. screen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kelly, Boudicca, and Elkis return to the Gaulish village to report that they've stopped the plague, but that everyone else died. A feast is promptly thrown in memory of the fallen, and Kelly declares the Romans and Gauls to now be allies. Back in Rome, Kelly holds a funeral and has statues erected to commemorate the dead. She and Boudicca get married and join their nations together. Everyone's happy and safe, and the evil has been defeated for now. And that brings us to part three. <laughs> I mean, we did we did point out how, like, Kelly and Boudicca's, uh relationship is barely developed so i'm interesting to see how it develops in this story um but also it i think it kind of like raises the stakes a little because since king arthur is so fond of killing off his characters i'm really worried that one of them is going to die yeah so that's gonna keep me a little bit on edge throughout this whole thing and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing remember when the story was just about godzilla attacking Well, it wasn't just about Godzilla attacking. Well, actually, no, it was. it was just about Godzilla. Yeah, it was. For the first chapter, it was indeed just about Godzilla attacking Rome. Yes. All right. Are you ready to start? Uh, yeah. Chapter one, A Thing from Space. So it was about <laughs> 10 years since the end of Kelly Part 2. Just want to point out, 39-year-old protagonist. Okay. Really cool. Very nice. And Kells and Vodkai had been ruling the Roman and Britian together in peace for many years. Together they had made the world a safe pulse to live again, and had worked to get many Romans dollar for them and for the people as well. What do you mean work to get many Roman (laughs) dollars? Do you mean like raising taxes? They're printing a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Inflation has never been worse. It was a gold time to be alive. I bet, yeah. (laughs) Even the salves had many dollars. Wait. And now hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently not enough to buy their freedom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to assume that this is like slaves as in the lowest class of people. Uh, who, Who knows? Who knows? Who fucking knows? Chief from Gaul had also made his alliance with them, so all the lands was been at peace, and they had made a council of ruling them. In Roman inside Kells and Bodica House, it was a big house with Roman pillar and a polished marble floor and keelings and torches that burned with a sacred fire inside as well. And all along to walls was statues of those who had died in parts one and two, including Darukla and two. Ten Sacmum, and most of all, the, C- the Caesar. What do you mean, most of all, the Caesar? He betrayed everyone. He's the reason <laughs> they died. No, said so statues of those uh, what had died in parts one and two. Um, 
including those three characters and most of all the Caesar. So it's mostly statues of the Caesar, but there's like a few of Dracula and King Tut in there, like scattered. <laughs> Why does he get more? He was the <laughs> villain. All right, well, he, d- he did used to be the Caesar. Elkis had gotten his own house. It was a stable made from ghosty brick, and it was some cobweb on the walls, and an ancient grand tather clock, and some ravens that sat on the roof and did caw, caw, caw at nighttime. Yes, it was very good for Elkis. Uh, well, that's that's very nice for Elkis, and I don't want to take away from his, like, goth stable, but, um... <laughs> There are slaves in the city, and the the dead deer has a house. <laughs> anyway, but one fignful day, it was early morning, and Kells, do you think the slaves get to vote in the council? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe they could at least pay the council members off with their many dollars. But one fangful day, it was early morning, and Kells and Bodica had just waked up from bed. Kells kiss her and said, Good morning, Bodica. What are we to do aught day? We should go for a nice walk, relies Bodica. And Kells says, Yes, that sounds good. Okay, we're to go. We will go to the ancient Roman moors? Yes. And so they got a dress out of their pajamas and into Roman robes and went it out to moorlands to Wielk. The walk was very nice and the sun was out. It was very pretty and they were holding hands. Then suddenly Kells noticed a thing up in the sky. It was moving through to sky. Was it a shouting star on to make a wish? But then she looked closer and oh no, cries Kells. Look, what is that? It was an object moving and a extremely fast speed it was coming from space oh not what if it is a spaceship and they watched for a few moments and the spaceship hurtled in the sky over roman and down to the land of persia in the east this cold be bad mentioned bodica what if this spaceship is dangerous do not worry my love we will investigate it and so Kells and Vodica went it to put on their Battel clothes and go out to investigate space ship in the Desret. Wow. Um, okay. I'm still just kind of thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, world building that we've been given. Um, it's like, what if uh, no one in Europe was fighting each other um, and all the slaves had money? <laughs> Remember in the first part where it said that um, Kelly and the Caesar had uh, a slave who was a butler, but it was okay because um, they didn't. They're really nice to their slaves. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, now they're giving them lots of money. Yeah. They're still slaves, though. I mean, if the inflation is that bad, they could give them (laughs) some money, and it wouldn't be worth anything. Yeah. Anyway, um, chapter two, uh, into the Deseret. So, Kells and Boudicca stopped off at Roman before they was to go oing to Deseret to find the thing form space. Boudicca went to Armoiri for getting weapons and armors, and Kelly, she went to Elka's stable for getting him as well. Oi, know ye, my lad ye, what has happened ye, you look sacred. No, Elkis, I am not scared, but a thing has formed space. It landed in the Persia lands to the east. We are going to it to investigate. 
<laughs> Oki, I w- will he come too? And so Elkie's tooks on his saddle. I will never his... get tired of the way he talks. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gotten more and more exaggerated. And yes. honestly, that's like, that's perfect. That's and he's exactly what should be more. happening here. Yeah. He barely talked at all in the first one. He talked a little more in the the second one and i think he talks a like significant amount in this one which is great because he that's, rules that's excellent <laughs> that's great news and so elkas tooks on his saddle and his magic ghost armors and went to meet bowudica outside their house outside was chief and he was dressed in his special kajif robe and he had helmet on and two off his gowls was carry him on sheed hello chief mentioned kells we are to go and look for thing that has fallen form space. Can you look after Roman for us while we are gone? <laughs> She's just she... having him babysit like her entire empire. <laughs> Did she go all the way to Gaul for this? I guess. It took them like days to, to walk there in the last part. So she's like, I saw something fall in the desert. So instead of just like going out, which is certainly like a, a shorter journey than going all the way to uh, Gaul, um, she goes to Gaul and then is like, hey, can you babysit I mean, my country for us? We can argue about what back. geography is like in this version of uh, Europe, but um, I think these two things are in the opposite direction. <laughs> Why doesn't she have like a regent? To, like, take over for her when she's out of commission. No, don't you know that when you need to be gone from uh, your empire for a little bit, you need to get someone from a neighboring empire to watch it for you? Yeah. There's no way that could ever go wrong, also. Yeah. Like, I know he's he's probably not going to betray her, um, unless, uh, but... <laughs> unless? You know, it's, uh, it's not considered best practice. Okay relied chief and so out they went kelly was airwing her golden armor and had her farther sword and a shield maked of silver with some gem on the top of it and Boudica had her magic gall spear and a chainmail and some leather boots i i thought her spear was the spear of all celtic gods <laughs> where did this gall spear come from is it also a gall spear or did she get a new one i don't know um i like that we're told uh what they have equipped um yeah what's in their inventory uh but yeah you're right um i don't know if this is the same weapon she was using before not that it probably matters it's either way it's just going to do whatever's uh required of her from the plot um it was many hours for walk for desert i hope nothing bad has calm form space to upset our peace tim shouted kells why are you shouting (laughs) why is she shouting is the desert really loud? <laughs> uh, maybe Bodica's gotten hard of hearing in her old age of like 39. Her old age of 39. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe she's just hard of hearing to begin with. Yes, I agree. Sal's Boudicier. It has been many year of peace. It is a good time. It was very hot in desert. As hot as the sun was burning them hardly. And it was never rain, but they hard remember to bring a lot water. Rain does occur in the desert. It's not impossible, but I mean, I wouldn't count on it. Not that often. Um, I don't think the desert is as hot as the sun, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quibble with that one a little bit. <laughs> I don't think we're 
wondering, um, gold armor is really that smart in the desert. I mean, no, I don't think you want to wear that in the desert. <laughs> I mean, gold especially that could melt, right? I think so. Gold melts at a pretty low temperature. I I thought, yeah. Gold is extremely soft. I mean, it. I mean, we're, we we also have to ask the question if we're going to ask that. Like, gold is a terrible material to make armor out of. But oh yeah, dreadful. But I. I guess it's at least, like, magic armor. Yeah. So maybe it's magically fortified. Um, but unless it has, like, uh, magic ventilation also, I just don't think it's a good choice for the desert. You will overheat. You're gonna cook like a lobster. Maybe maybe it's just golden color and not I just don't think you should gold. be wearing plate armor at all in the desert if you can yeah. avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I'm gonna go out on a limb there and say that sounds um, bad. They don't even know if they're going to get into combat. They're just doing reconnaissance. Yeah. Couldn't they send someone to do that? Why are they doing this themselves? Why would you ever do reconnaissance in uh, any sort of, like, plate armor that's made of metal and is shiny and can be spotted from a distance? Like, why would you do that? We have to move on. Okay, we have to move on. (laughs) I I do like the the sentence, uh, the sun was burning them hardly. Like, yeah. <laughs> S-tier sentence right there. Um, also an early uh, usage of Rember, although it's spelled with two M's. Mm-hmm. Soon, Kells spots a shape on the horizon. It was a massive metal coolard orb sticking out of Snad in the distance. Oh, not if it was the object from space. Look over the gear, shouts Kells. What can you see? Replies, boy de ca. Hmm. What ye, if it is ye a mirage? Question Elgis. We must go and look. And so the three of them goes over to the object to look for it. <laughs> to look for it, not to look at it. <laughs> yeah, they still need to find it's, it. It's huge, but they still need to find it. Kelly did shout again, so I, I'm going to headcanon Bodica now as, as hard of hearing. <laughs> maybe maybe Kelly just likes to yell. Yeah. Oh, well, Kelly Kelly shouts things. Dracula mentions things. Uh, you know, we'll have to find out what Bodica does. Chapter three, Mystery of the Sands. Mystery of the Druids. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I wish they were here. <laughs> the Druids. Kells and Bodica climbs careful down to the place where the space thing was crash into the desert. Elkis, wait on top of hill in case anything was to happen. Okay, ye, my lady. And so Elksus stood gowered at top of the snad dune to watch for the bad things. Meanwhile, Kelly went up to the spear. It was a big spare, maybe as big as seven buses pile on top off each order. <laughs> I, I don't think you should make comparisons to things that don't exist yet, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean... <laughs> Maybe they do exist because a spaceship just crashed into the desert. And I'm pretty sure that buses came before those. Well, I mean, we don't know when alien civilizations might have started building spaceships. (laughs) Yeah. That could happen at any point. It was made of a stange metal, a slivery metal, maybe even space metal! (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's all caps said like it's... It's a thing that we know about. Um, Yeah. If it came from space, I I think it is space metal, you could argue. The metal was giffing off a hotness to their body, and on it was some strange symbol as well. Kells did not recognize them. Bodica, do you not know what is Ithis? (laughs) 
<laughs> you want another run at that one, Kelly? I have never seen their stumbles before, relies Bodeka. What does it mean? I don't know. And so Kells draws her sword of the caser and taps in onto the spear with minor tap. Just as soon as the sword touches the metal, suddenly a extremely loud noise came out of the top. It was hissing sound like a massive cobra or something. <laughs> I, I love when the author does this. It's like does a simile and then just says or something i don't know yeah <laughs> like what do you mean or like or gives something? you a number and then gives you a completely different number <laughs> yeah it's great mm -hmm. a lot steam starts to come out off this sphere and kells was jumping backwards what has happened the symbol starts to alighten up and a loud voice comes out of the Sephir. Warning, this spaceship has been comprised. Self-destruct. on I-1. Quickly, Kells got the Avenger wings and flies over to Bodica and grabbed her up into her arms fastly. She flies up upon the air, away from the thing, and then underneath them. Boom! A massive explosion happened, and it was raining fire and bits of the space metal from sphere, but Athena Kell shield block most of the damage. Ella shouts, Are you okay, my lady? Yes, we are fine, mentioned Kells. But we has proven this was form space. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I mean you knew you already knew that? <laughs> I think I think that part didn't need proving. Buedika grabs a bit of space metal. Look, we can do a test on this by Chafe New Druid to see what is made off. Maybe that will give us the clues. Oh my God, there were druids. <laughs> and so they set off back to Roman. But behind them, in the dispanse, on top of a desperate hill, there was figure, and it was a big, strongly man wearing red cape, with some blue armors as well, and a red turban to cover his face, with the disguise, and he was muttering to self. Soon, Kelly, you will understand soon, and that Roman will be mine! Ha ha ha! Um, fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, chapter four questions and answers after a few hours of walking they made it back to roman where chief was waint for there to return he meted them outside the pulse and then he said so my friends did you find anything out there in Boudicia brought the pieces of metal yes here is some space metal we found we was wondering if your new doy ruid could help <laughs> us to study it so we can get the clues of course, yellowed chef. Come, my warrior, go and get the druid, please. And so some off his warriors wanted to find the new druidy. Soon they had come back, and with them it was a small man. Hello, I am Prof Flitwitch. No way. Mm-hmm. I have become new druid of the Gaul after the old one was killed. What can I do for you, please? I like how um, King Arthur didn't even attempt to spell the word professor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, Prof Flitwitch. We would like you to look at this, please. And so Kells give him the metal Filtwick, pulls out his wand, and did a spell on the metal. Metaliscus Indenificus. <laughs> <laughs> Metaliscus Indenificus. And he did his wand onto the metal five times, and suddenly he had gotten the answer. <laughs> okay, this is very rare and power metal. It comes from a distance palnet called Krypton, 
but I have never been to this planet. Do we know any that haves, mentioned Chief? No, but I know some won't might. Whipsurred, Kells. Let us go, and talks to our old fire-end Salanderus. Gasp, said Chief. I thought he was dead. No, he was not dead, realized Kelly. He was liffing and hiding all these years. He abandoned our team in the Kraken Cave, and he has been too guilty ever since to come back. He didn't want you to know about him, but this cold bedepsorate Tim's. Maybe this will be his chance to make thing right again, nods Bodica. Okay, said Chief. Tell him I want him to come gome. And so Kel's Elgis and the Boodsay all went to Salandrus, secret lair, what Kel's had known he was hidden in Sid. So I, I am pretty sure that King Arthur just forgot uh, that Salandrus was, was still in the story, and that's why he never showed up again, but I think this is a really neat way to write in your mistake. Mm, yeah, um, I didn't, uh, check the reviews on the previous story, I don't think we read those on air, but, uh, you wonder if maybe someone pointed it out to him, or he caught it himself when rereading? Um, I'm not sure. I guess we can go through all the reviews, um, probably at the end of this, at the end of the, the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I, I'm, I, I'm so sure that if you ask him, he would admit that it was a mistake, but that he wrote it into the story anyway because he thought it was a cool idea. Like, yeah. oh, he he abandoned them. I I know in my heart that he would admit to his mistake. He wouldn't pull a J.K. Rowling and be like, oh, <laughs> actually, uh, it was my plan all along. <laughs> yeah, um, because I did, uh think maybe the Salanderus thing was uh on purpose um just because Salanderus was like so set up as a character in that story like um he's the first new character we're introduced to in part two uh he seems pretty central initially uh so I thought maybe that was deliberate and not a mistake but it also ha happened with um forgetting what team some of the other characters were on too yeah uh so I think he genuinely just forgot that Salandrus was in that group mm -hmm. when he was writing that scene. Chapter 5, Hut in the Woods. The road to Salanrodius hut was through the forests outside of Roman, and they went down there. It was sunny afternoon, and Bodica said, so why did Salandoyers run away from that kraken? He was too sacred in the end, said Kells. He didn't want to be die, so he ran away, and the rest of Tame managed to make the cave collapses in, but he managed to escape. Well, I mean, if you think about it, only, like, they only needed two people. One to distract and one to actually do the spell. Yeah. So he literally although... didn't have to die. <laughs> <laughs> he was right to run away. Yeah, yeah. So he ran away, and the rest of Tame managed to make the cave collapses in, but he managed to escape. Do you blame him for letting them die? Asked Bodica. No, relies Kells. He was a good man, and he helped us a lot without him. Bad Paul Goo would never have been stoped, but I think he blames himself. And so they had made it to the Salandorius hut. It was a small hit, maked off sticks and wooden plank, and the roof was maked of grasses and some leaf, and also there was skull of a wild boar over the door to remind him of home, mentioned Kells. I like that. I like how the description is continued with the dialogue. That's cute. Yeah. Be careful. No one else but me now he was here. So I will go first. 
and so Kelly did a knock, knock, knock onto the door. Hello, Salandorinus. Are you there? Please, it's me, Kells, your friend. As they watch, door opens a few cracks, and a eye come up to he door. Then the door was closed. What ye, said... <laughs> what what ye, said Elkis. Don't worry. That is just what he does. And sure enough, after a few monuments, the door was opened again. This time, an old man was standing there. He was wearing a... A knock net, brown robe, and was holding staff weakenedly. His hair and barad was gray, and he looks vet retired. Hello, Kells. Sorry, I was asleeping. What do you visit me for? And then he sees Bodica and Eccles, and he begins to look very scared as well. Who are these people? You promise me you will never bring these, the Stranagers here. <laughs> Don't worry, Salandorius. This is my wife, Bodessia, and my best friend, Elkis. They are to be trusted. We will not have come if it wasn't too important to come. I mean, to be fair, they're not strangers. Salandorius has met Elkis and Bodica before. <laughs> yes. Did he forget? He might have forgotten. Okay, Kells, you now I am allows here to help you, old Firend. What do you need? And Kelly got it out her space metal. Here, we got this metal from a old space thing in the desperate profilic switch. Said it <laughs> came from a planet called Kryptoan. We was wondering if maybe you know anything about this planet. And that's where the chapter ends. That's weird. <laughs> yeah doing sort of a cliffhanger thing there i think that sometimes um uh like king uh, i mean we all know that king arthur doesn't grasp the concept of paragraphs maybe he just thinks that um <laughs> when you need a break in the writing you just start a new chapter like regardless of whether yeah. or not it makes for a good chapter ending or not yeah um you're right though i think this is the first time that um he's cut off mid-scene like that Mm -hmm. like mid-dialogue uh, yeah. because the next chapter resumes from that point in the conversation it's the same scene continuing chapter six space defender Solander is frowned yes i know of that plant it is a faraway place very dangerous as well there is a lot toxic gases on it and orther bad stuffs you should not go to it <laughs> Well, no, I they don't, won't that, say Kells. I don't. I don't think that was even like on the <laughs> How table. How would they get there? <laughs> they don't have space travel. Yeah. <laughs> really funny warning. <laughs> no, we won't say Kells. At least not yet. <laughs> but this metal landed onto our planet, and it came from Kirpon. Saladorines thought for a few moment. Hmm. This is bad. Do you to know if anyone came out of ship? And Boudicca said, No, we didn't see Nanny One come out, but now the ship self destroyed itself. It sounds like ye, we needy to investigate these more ye, mentioned Elkis. <laughs> yes, agree Boudicca. <laughs> we need to make sure nothing bad has come from this palnet. Okay. And then Kells says, Salandowers, do you have any more informations for us? Saladorn did a quite sigh, and he whispered as, no, but I suppose I will come with you to see, for the ship, it sounds alike the world might be in danger once more. No, Kel said, it will not be safe. Solandorius godded his stick. After all this years, I have learned that I will never feel safe anymore. Kells, let me do this for our people. Ooh. And Kells smiles. Raising some death flags. Yeah. 
Um, and making it clear that his his uh, character has developed along the way. Uh, also, first time he's called her Kells. Mm-hmm. And Kells smiles. Thank you, Salandoris. And so the four of them leaves Hut to go back to the desert. It took them a few hours. Maybe two days. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> it's usually pretty easy to tell the difference. <laughs> a few hours, two days. Who knows? This is just what we were talking about earlier. Uh, to find the... Kalisped spaceship again bit of metal form space was stratered all over the pulse and Salandorus went to inspect it he bends down and touched the piece of metal yes this is not a good the space soup was <laughs> maimed i can tell <laughs> by these symbols someone will have come to our world using it oh no oh no then <laughs> I really like the the Onos and yeah, uh, King Arthur. They work. add a lot yeah. to the to the story. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly, form behind them, it came a Tremoidus Crabash nose, <laughs> <laughs> and quickly Kelly turns around behind them. It is a Maasai robot. Nice. The robot had body made of shiny space metal, and one of its arms was a gigantic claw with a lot robot spikes on it. Its eyes was glintering red lights, and it was covered in heavy metallic omasur. Defense mechanisms triggered, it yellowed in a robotic voice. Hostiles will be killiminated. Oh no. <laughs> I love killiminated. <laughs> and it really does end with oh no. Chapter 7, Robot Battle. The robot began to shoot laser beams at Kells and Bodica. Kelly decked behind her shield. Watch out! As the laser blast hit the sand around them and sent up a sand torm into the air, Boetica shot an arrow into the robot, but it bounced off the space metal armor and was not even a scratch. Oh no! Okay, getting a little gratuitous with the oh no's. Like, I really like them every once in a while, but lay off. Yeah, yeah. Cleansing all hostilities, sounded Tobot, and it jumps into the air and strike down hard on Kel's shoulder with its chainsaw. Arm broom broom went chainsaw as it began to cut Kelly's shield in half. Quickly, <laughs> she throws the shield on floor and guts the hooly golden adventure wings and flew into the air. Bodica graps onto her back and they flew out of reach of robot chainsaw. I love how this is just their like their go-to battle formation is is yeah. Kelly flies and Bodica gets on her back. It's really great. Mm -hmm. And and Kelly herself rides on Elkis, so it's like yeah. <laughs> they're all stacked on top of each other. <laughs> Salandoiris got sacred and hiding behind rock. Ellis, watch out, shouted Athena Kells, and now the robot was going for Elkis instead. Robot fires a laser blast, but Elkis managed to dodge the blast, had almost hitted him, and Elkis He's tries... a ghost. What is the robot gonna do? Well, I mean, he, he has <laughs> died, quote unquote, died before. Okay, but those were magical attacks. Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> Robot fires a laser blast, but Elkis managed to dodge the blast, had almost hitted him, and Elkis tries to do a spirit charge onto the robot, but the invitate portectic barrier, and suddenly a massive energy barrier came around the robot, and Elkis' horn hit it, and he bounced off. Oh no, what do we do, cries Baudica. Our attacks, they do not. They and just don't. <laughs> yeah, they just don't. <laughs> 
And Athena Kell said, do not worry, I have planned. And she begins to channel power of Athena into her farther sword. And then she did a swooping attack into the robot above the barrier. Quick. Not to uh, sound critical, but this is her only plan ever. Yeah. (laughs) And she begins to channel power of Athena into her farther sword. And then she did a swooping attack into the robot above the barrier. Quick, Elkis, now distract it. Okie, my lady, but watch outie, relies Elkis, and he jumps around the barrier. The robot was turning to him and focusing its laser eyes. But then just as Robot was about to fire his ultimate laser attack, and oh no, Kells would be too slow. Elkis, she screamed. But then at last, Myment, Senaldorns, jumps out of behind rock and into the way of laser bleam. Argh! he cries as it hits his body, and he was set off fire. He was beginning to melt from intense heat. Kells, my friend, I am sorry I wasn't able to do more to help. No, Salandurus. But then he said, don't cry for me. Make sure the world and my people are safe. And then his body had melted away into sand. Meanwhile, Athena Kells grabs her sword and shouted, Quick, now is the Tim to strike! And she swung the sword and into Robot's armor face, and it was shattered like glasses. Not like glass, like glasses. Like glasses. I also like how Solanderus just, like, he just melted <laughs> from <laughs> the he, laser. Yeah, and he was, was he able- made of metal? <laughs> he melted into sand. Oh, I see. <laughs> and then the Robots begins to shout, No! Malfunction, malfunction, self decitricked, activated, and then a massive explosion. Athena Kel swoops down and grabs Elkis as well, and then the robot explodes. Sand and bits of lasers and space metal starts to raining down from the sky. Okay, wow. All right, uh, chapter eight Flit Witch's Research. After the explosivon from Robot had ended, they were scavenging throughout the wreckage to look for a clue. There was a lot of space metal and stuff there was, but nothing was left of Solandorius' body. We missed Chell's chief, and then he can have a fun roll for him, whispered Kells. So she's either shouting or whispering all the yeah. time. <laughs> yes, agree Bodica. We should. And so they kept on to look for clue. After a while, Boudica found something buried in sand. She pulls it out and shouted, Look, I have found something. What is it, relies Kelly. It appears to be ancient symbol. And so Kells goes over to have a look at the symbol. It was a massive red S shape on blue piece of space metal. <laughs> look, this must have come from Robot. I'm really into this, like, evil Superman, like, Okay, story. yeah, the, the evil Superman thing is interesting. Um, why didn't they notice this on the robot before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Superman's usually kind of, like, obtrusive with his branding. Mm-hmm. Look, this must have come from Robot. Maybe Prof Litwick will, will know more. And so they headed back to Roman to talk to Professor and tell Chief about Solandorius. And so they travel back through He Desert many hours and hours, and then they came back to Roman City. Chief was waiting for them. As soon as they come inside, he ran up to them. <laughs> he runs up to them. <laughs> like he's their kid and they're getting home from work. <laughs> Kels, Boudica, I have some terrible news. Professor Lichwick was in... <laughs> Professor Lichwick was investig-tagging that planet. Well, you has been gone and he found some dark stuff. Quick, let me bring him to you. That's the terrible news? He found news? some dark stuff. 
I mean, when he said that, I, 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 like, I was bracing for, like, news of somebody dying, but... Uh, no, but instead it's like, I looked them up on Google and I found their call-out post. <laughs> yeah. And he sends one of his warriors to go and find the professor. Soon he came, and the professor said, Yes, what Chef says is true. I have done research and found out that a bad evil has come from Kirpton before. Hundreds of years ago, four kingdoms had to join together to defeat it. That is bad, whipstered Kells. Look, Prof, we also found the symbol, offers Boudicca, and she holds out the S-shape. Filchlick <laughs> took one look at it and gasped. Gasp! I have seen that symbol before. It was the shape of a bad alien form space. He came and processed a great hero of the past him. It was in the legends. I was researching. His name is Superman. <laughs> oh, so it's a possession story. All right, so Superman can possess you. Yeah. Or what? Very someone interesting. can possess Superman. Oh no, shouted Kells. Buddy, why ye would he want ye to landy and persany landies? Put Elkis. <laughs> well said. <laughs> oh no, maybe he is to go there to find someone else to possess after he was defeated the last time. Hmm, I think that is verily likely to be true, said Prof quietly. In that case, only Not us can stop him. Not even any attempt to spell his name this time. <laughs> Just Prof. <laughs> yeah. Just Prof. In that case, only us can stop him. Mentioned Boudicca. Okay, then it is time for an expeditio. And that is where we are going to stop this week. Time for an expeditio. I'm really enjoying the dynamic between these characters. I think this story works a lot better when it's like the the three of them. Um, Kelly, Boudicca, and Elkis, who are of course the best characters. Um, I do miss Dracula, but I think that the last story, and honestly the one before it too, did suffer from having too many characters. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Kelly the Roman Warrior Part 2 had too many characters to the point where even the author couldn't keep track of all of them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I think it's good that we're running with like a smaller um, group of central characters this time, at least so far. I mean, who knows what might happen, but uh, we seem pretty established as having like a, I guess like a main trio this time. Um, and having three characters is a lot more manageable than, what did we have last time? Like, eight, ten central characters? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. It was a lot, yeah. Where it got to the point where it was a relief when one of them died, so it was like a one less character to keep track of. But now it's yeah. three, and if any one of them dies, that's gonna be absolutely devastating. Yeah. Alright, so we are going to pick up next week. And right now we are going to take a break and cover one of King Arthur's other fix. All right, we'll catch you after the break. We're back. We're back. So we got a request, actually, um, on our Tumblr, because we don't use Twitter. Um, Because Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, But also, even if it did, we wouldn't use it, because it it sucks. Um, Mm, Yeah. I almost just, like, deleted my account completely uh, during our last show, actually. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of doing like, that, Like, I was too. that... I was so close, but I didn't. That might that might be a good idea. Yeah, um, but, yeah. But we actually got a request to read um, Professor Lupus and the Curse of the Werewolf, which is uh, probably um, King Arthur's most popular fic after Kelly and uh, the Quest for the Holy Grail. Right. Um, and I believe there is two different parts of this. Uh, well, that's exciting. Um, and I know uh, we both love talking about Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, we love talking about Harry <laughs> we, Potter. We love talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> All right, so this one has seven chapters, and I guess we'll read four today. I know nothing about this going in. Um, uh, me neither. But we... We covered uh, all of King Arthur's shorter fix, um, so this seems like the one to do. I just want to state outright, um, mm-hmm. the protagonist of this fic appears to be uh, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter, Remus Lupin. Um, yeah. Here he is called Lupus. Uh, that is not his name. It's the same thing, right? It, yeah. It, I mean, it is. It's his name in this fic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so... I mean, he was Lumpkin in My Immortals, so I don't see why this is that different. I like Lumpkin better, though. Okay, I also like Lumpkin better, you're right. So this fic was posted um, April 24th, 2012, and updated September 27th, 2012. So, long time ago, damn. Um, oh, wow. But it is complete, and I believe the second part is complete as well. Mm-hmm. The description is, this is story of how Professor Lupus gotted the curse of the werewolves in the past. I, I'm sure it's better than whatever reason J.K. Rowling came up with. Uh, I think all we know about that is, wasn't it, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, F- Fen- Fenrir Greyback or something? Yeah, uh, who's, who's like, um... The the one token uh, super evil werewolf um, whose uh, whole thing is like biting kids to turn them into werewolves, uh, which when you've made the werewolves in your story uh, allegories for HIV positive uh, gay people. Uh... Yeah, you know, the gay people who are constantly <laughs> yeah. trying to give AIDS to to the uh, to, to kids. Just uh I don't really know what to say about it. It's just, it should be apparent on its face uh, how fucked up that is. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I'm sure it can't be worse than that because that's the that's the canon explanation. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to, to say that this is, is canon. Mm-hmm. So uh, chapter one, A Letter for Lupus. Once upon a time, over 20 years ago, Professor Lupus was sit in his house. He was only teenager now, and he had not been made into the werewolf yet. He was bored and then a loud noise. It was an owl in the ceiling. How did it get in the ceiling? Flap, flap went owl, and then he flew down to Prof Lupus and drop a liter off its claws into the lap. I got a mail, exclaimed Lupus, and then he begun to tear open the letter. Inside was a letter, and it was stamped with logo for Hogwarts, School of Wizardy and Witchcraft. It was an old logo, so there was E on the end of all the words. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes, okay. No, it it has to be Hogwarts ye, school ye, of wizard yeah. ye, of witchcraft ye. <laughs> Come on! Yeah, yeah. 
Then Lupus began to read, and the letter said, Hello, Prof Lupus, you are accepted into the school because you are wizard. Please come to the Pult Form 9, 340, for get the train to school. Okay, said Lupus. He just said okay to the letter, okay. I guess. <laughs> Me when I'm accepted to wizard school, okay. Wait, so is he 11, or... Well, since he was a teenager at the top, um, I think maybe King Arthur 2 forgot that they're 11 when they get the Hogwarts letters. Yeah, maybe. Um, Because it's not like you can transfer to Hogwarts or anything, as far as we know. Okay, said Lupus, and he began to go London to get the train to Hogwarts. He died to get a bus to the train, and he paid the old man 20p for the bus ticket. It was passed, so everything is cheaper there. <laughs> On the bus, there was Saruman from Lord of Ring. He was also Tenager because it was passed. Holy shit. <laughs> Do you think this is canon um, with uh, Kelly the Roman Warrior? Because I'm going to assume it is. Yes. Hello, Saruman. Are you going to Hogwarts as well? Yes, I am, Prof Lupus. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> He's already a professor. <laughs> yes. Before he's even graduated from grade yeah, school. Yeah, that's impressive. Okay, and so they sat it to Egther on bus. Chapter 2, Diagonal Alley. Hell yeah. After a few hours, the bus make to station 9, 340, and Saruman and Lupus got off. We need to buy the supplies for Hogwarts before we get the tryin said Lupus, and so they went to Diagonal Alley for Baigin Wizard Supplies. Wait, there I will get us the book, said Saruman, and then Lupus went too, but his wand from Ollivander's wand shop. <laughs> Hello, Ollivanders, said Prof Lupus. I want to buy a wand from you. Okay, said Ollivanders. I will give you best wand in my shop. It is a power wand. Use it well. Okay, <laughs> I rely bet you Lupus. say that to all the customers. Everyone's just constantly saying okay. <laughs> yeah. And he went to meet Saruman, who had buy the books for the lesson at Hogwarts. Then they went back to Paul form for train and got on the train and finded a seat. In the seat was also Professor Mac Donegal. She was not old. She was teenager as well, because it was past. Hello, I Mac <laughs> Donegal, said Prof Lupus. I like how uh, in his head it's like all these characters, because they're adults in canon, they're all just kind of like nebulously adult aged. And yeah. so if we go into the past, they'll all be teenagers. That's how that yeah. works. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure McGonagall is like twice Lupin's age, but whatever. Lupus, are you to Hogwarts School of Wizardcraft too? Well, yeah, they're on the train to yeah, Hogwarts. Yeah, they're on the train to Hogwarts. <laughs> Yes, I am, said McDonagold, and so they sated in cabin together. Uh-huh. Chapter 3. Attack on the train. Sudden the train begun to stop with a loudly crank. Oh, not if it is an attack, cried McDonagold. No one panic. This is an attack, but we will be safe, said a noise. <laughs> it was the voice over the speaker, and it was Bumbledore. Since he is a very old, he is only normal age man in past. Holy shit. Um, I guess case in point for what I was just saying. But also, uh, why is he the train conductor? <laughs> <laughs> I will get this tame to Hogwarts safely. And so Bumble 4 got up and went to fight. 
Lupus look out of wind on and he saw a drac man in a dark cloak and then Lupus gasped. It was Moldermore. <laughs> it was Voldemort's father. Holy shit. <laughs> Voldemort was not born yet. It is past. Ha ha aha. Moldermort Laufed. You pathetic students cannot yes. stop me. Perfect. I will make <laughs> you pathetic students. I love cannot... how every villain in his stories is the same guy. They all <laughs> just start, start laughing and monologuing about how pathetic their opponents are. <laughs> it's perfect. Every time. You pathetic students cannot stop me. I will make there not be any more wizard in the school than I have Powiar to take over the whole world. Bumdulior tried to do a spell, but Moldwaremore turned into dust and vanished in Todd the Balk Sky of <laughs> Drachness. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the part in uh, My Immortal where... Yeah. <laughs> Where Dumbledore's there, and Voldemort just looks away because <laughs> he's scared. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a little shy. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, maybe Malodermore will attack Hogwarts when we get to it, said MacDonald Galdo. <laughs> yes, we must be care, but Bumbleoyor will proflect us, whispered Saurus Man, and then the train... Arrived into Hogwarts. <laughs> they drove the train straight into the school. Sorry, I just I I um am obsessed with uh Voldemort, the father of Voldemort. <laughs> yes, I can't wait to see more of him. Who's <laughs> just like pretty much just the same guy. It's just like um I love that as an answer to like what's Voldemort's backstory because of course like the way uh Voldemort as a character is originally presented to us in the books uh we don't know anything about his past he's just a bad guy um and then in the later books when we get his backstory he has like this this tragic backstory and it's um it's stupid um whatever this is so much funnier just the like um trying to envision a past for Voldemort like a lineage where he came from and it's just like yeah his dad was the same guy but with like a slightly different name <laughs> he's just like from a long line of deranged evil guys chapter four the sorter hat at the Hogwarts School of Sueru Man, and and McDongal went into the Great Hall and sat down. Hello, everyone, said Bumbledore. We are here to strat another year at Hogwarts for all the wizard. Now it is Tim for a feast. And so everyone began to eat the magic feast. It was magic food, not like normal food. So there was frog biscuit. <laughs> and Batwing Burger, and also a piazza maked from ghostly suspense. This is way more creative than the food in the in the fix. Like, yeah, they're eating a whole piazza. <laughs> it's it's a piazza made made from ghostly suspense, mm -hmm. and it was good for eat. When was fold up? Dumbladore said. Wow, they actually got the name almost right this time. Okay, now it is time for Sorter Hat to sort you into your houses. But because it was past, there were different houses. It was instead Buffalo Trange House. And Fuck the sign yes. was a buffalo. <laughs> and the sign was a buffalo, and it was a good house. And there was. <laughs> 
and there was ghost hand hoist. It was a ghost Kimball, and it was an evil house. And the last two houses were Parrot Father House and Rat Runs House. It was the two house like Ravenclaw and Hudlepuffle. This is exactly like in the books, though. It's like this there's is the brilliant. good house. There's the good house, there's the evil house, and then there's like two others. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> and then the Suerisman went and he put on Sorter Hat and it said, Sorrow Man, you are to being Gahustand House. But that is an evil house. I don't want. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Lauft Sorter. It is too late. I- <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Is the sorting hat evil? This is so funny because, like, this is, like, the opposite of how the sorting hat works. Like, not to defend J.K. Rowling's lore or anything, but um, we do know that the, the sorting hat, like, respects students' preferences for where they want to be sorted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's It's kind of a major plot point in, like, book two. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 just really funny to have that be, like, the thing that's discarded completely. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think that's a really cool um, explanation for why people are evil in the Harry Potter universe. It's because the Sorting Hat decided you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Saruman went to sit at the evil table of Ghost Hand Hose. <laughs> Assigned evil that hat. <laughs> then McDongalal went and she was put it into Buffalo Charge House, which was the good house. And Lupus did a cheer. Then it was Lupus' turn, and he put it on the hat and said, Okay, you are in Buff-Lausch-Harge house as well. And so Lupus went to sit with McDonald at the good tabelle. Okay, now it is time to bed, everyone. Back to commune room place, said Bumbledorf. And so they all <laughs> went into rooms for the sleep of the night. Wow, this is a beautiful story. All right. We only have three chapters left, so I guess we can keep going. Yeah, let's just, let's uh, ride this momentum through to the end. <laughs> All right. Uh, chapter five, a teacher who was fake. <laughs> That's a great title. The next morning, Lupus and McDongoldo woke up in Sid their common room, and then they went down CRs. Now we must get to our magicking lessons, cried, and so they walked down <laughs> Corridor to the lesson. <laughs> yeah, who said that? <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. They woke up inside their common room. Yep. But you can't sleep in the common room. It's against the rules. <laughs> yeah, you're only allowed to sleep in your dormitory. In the lesson, the teacher was an old man and he wore a drat cloak that cover his face and body as well. Hello, I am the teacher today. I am going to teach the defense for dark arts to you. And so they sat down at desk and ready for the lesson. The first spell we doing is called Flayep did no spell if used for attack enemies. Great. <laughs> and so they platist the flippendo spell on each other, but Lupus could not do the spell very well. And so the teacher said, okay, Lupus, you must stay back for Dentation. You can't do the magic properly. Oh, okay. No. Said Lupus, goodbye, McDonald. <laughs> he's, he's getting punished for being bad at magic. <laughs> yeah. I will see you after the Tedention. Yes, agree McGondogal. And so Lupus stayed behind. Then the teacher said, Come into my office for the Dentions. And so went inside, and then the man locked the door behind him. Ha ha ha! Foolish Lupus! Loafed the man. Ahead, he pulled off his dark cloak, and underneath it was Moldermore, Voldermore's father. 
I like the reminder in case you forgot. Yeah, in case you forgot who it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, screamed Lupus, and then Mulder Roar pulled out his wand and did a Fliepidineo spell on Lupus, and he fell into a wall and was wanded. Holy shit. I love that he's just like, um, in order to uh, (laughs) demonstrate how evil I am, I'm going to use the magic... Uh, that I was just teaching you guys against you, but it's just it's just flipendo, <laughs> yes. which is like a joke spell from the Harry Potter video games. What is flipendo again? It's just like I don't know. Like this is never in the books, but every Harry Potter game has had flipendo as a spell, and it just like flips your opponent upside down. It's like just like generic uh, minor damage dealing spell or. Um, I guess it kind of depends from game to game, but it's it's just like a nothing spell, so it's really funny. Weak student, you cannot even do fluipidineo. It is the easier spell ever made. And then Lupus pulled out his wand and pointed at Moldermore, and suddenly a blast of white light shooted out and striked Moldermore face. How did you do that? shouted Moldermore. You are more power than I thoughted. And he turned into black smoke and whisked away into dark. Then Lupus got up and he run to Dumbledore office for tell him about the fake teacher who was Moldermore instead. <laughs> Chapter 6. Telling Dumbledore. In Sid de Dumbledore office, it was Drac, only lighted up by candles, and Isnide stood Dumbledore. His face was looks like it was thinking. <laughs> like his face was thinking, not him, but <laughs> yeah. just his face, yeah. Hello, Dumbledore. I am Prof Lupus. I was attacked by <laughs> a evil man. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get over this, like, presumably, like, 11-year-old kid (laughs) introducing himself as Professor Lupus (laughs) to his headmaster. Well, I mean, I guess he he defeated the um, professor in combat, so now he's the professor. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I was attacked by an evil man. It was Moldermore! (laughs) He got inside the school. You must help me. Okay, said Dumbledore. (laughs) Everyone just says okay to everything. Yeah. Where was he? He was inside the office of the Defense of Drac Arts. I don't think that's the name of the class. The Defense of Drac Arts. And so they went into the office, but Moldermort was gone. Yeah, didn't he disappear in the the, the last scene? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, cree-eyed Lupus. Where is he? He might come back for another attack. Yes, agreed Dumbledore. I will put some guards on the door so he can't get inside. Okay, replied Prof Lupus, and so he went back to conman room for sleeping. In- <laughs> they're just sleeping in the common room. <laughs> Guys, that's against school rules. In the morning, they had another lesson this time. It was care of magical creatures with poor Fesser Hagrid. Hello, Hagrind. Wait a minute. Wouldn't Hagrid, like, be the same age as, as the teenagers if the... Well, whatever, the timeline doesn't make sense. They forgot. (laughs) They just forgot. Hello, Hagrine, said Lupus and Saris Man and McDon Gallo. (laughs) Hello, kids, answered Hagrind. We must be care. Moldremore is on the loose. Okay, said Lupus, (laughs) again with the okays. It just gets funnier every time. (laughs) Said Lupus, and so they sat down for teach, and so it was a lyceum about werewolves. A werewolf is dangerous beast. It will tear off your limps and fest on your skull, said Hagridin. And then he said, there was a werewolf spot inside the Forbidden Forest. Oh my god. <laughs> Forbidden <laughs> fruit. Holy shit. 
Udard, colon, he's in there. Last night, don't go in there. <laughs> well, I mean, it is called the Forbidden Forest, so. Yeah, it's in the name. And then Saurus Man whispered to Lupus, we should go Captuare the werewolf, then we can pass the glass. Okay, what? said Lupus. <laughs> <laughs> okay what do you mean then we can pass the class <laughs> I guess is that what ass- they're getting graded on <laughs> he's just assuming i guess wow do mcdonald want to come as well yes said mcdonald okay <laughs> and so they made the pl- <laughs> again with the okay <laughs> this is really funny because it's it's sort of like um you know we're establishing like a main trio here like in the harry potter books uh, but there's no conflict between the trio. They're all just, like, happily going along with everything, which is very funny. <laughs> McGonagall would not be this person. No, not at all. She would not just go, okay. Like, she would not fucking say that. I kind of like the idea of her being, like, a rebellious teenager in her youth. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she would be calling the shots, though. Yeah, 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 she would. And so they made the plan for Fihing the werewolf. We will need a silver dagger for staving him, said Lupus. Yes, agree Suarmon, and so they went to Prof Snake's lab to get some silver. <laughs> uh, so Snape is also an adult, I guess, yeah. even though he is uh, canonically the same age as Lupin. No, he's he's 11. He's just a professor, just like Lupus oh. is. Oh, okay, yeah. Chapter 7, Battle with Wolfman. At the snake lab, they went in Sid and broke the door weird open. Saurus Man and Professor Lumpus and <laughs> Mick. <laughs> okay, this is the best one yet. <laughs> and McDonald took all the sliver from the lab. It was about 50 paces. Then they went to Kamoon Room for doing the magics to turn silver into the dagger. And then they, Aslo, made a silver rope for Trapzo the werewolf. And so they crept it down to Forbidden Forset at Knihigde, and the fool's moan was out in the sky big. There was much tress and buishes and her grass and suaro man cooled here evil howls coming from the drachness. I am scared, say de McDonagle. It is okay, I am here, said Lupus. Okay. And so they wailed into the dark forets. <laughs> Lupus helded his silver dagger in his hand, and then he saw some blood-colored eyes in the darkness. Look, the werewolf is here! Oh, now! And so <laughs> Saurus Man and McDonagh took their daggers and attacked the werewolf. It claw across Saruman's face. Ouch! But McDonagh yeah. stabbed with the silver dagger, and the wolfman screamed in pain. Okay, let's take him back to Hagrid and Hut, said Prof Lupus. Love yes. these three children being like, yeah, let's just go stab a werewolf to death <laughs> in the woods. Yes, Tagreed Saruman, and so they took him back to the pulse. Hello, mentioned Hagrid, and then he saw the werewolf. What jave you done? No, it's okay, we traped it. Okay. And so Hagrid <laughs> said, you have all paces the class, well done. What? But then the werewolf started to walk it up. Rag, and then it leapt on Lupu and bited him hard on the arm. Get away from him, rared Hagrid, and he <laughs> carried into the wee wolf hard, and the wire wolf was knocked out, and he fell on a rope, and his skull was crack and then the wolfman was slain. Quick, we must get him to hospital, said McDongal. Yes, <laughs> Agrahar grind, so he carries him to his spotel wing. 
you will be okay, but also cursed, told the nurse. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they tell me whenever I go to the doctor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Told the nurse. Oh, said Lupus. And that is the story of how Prof. Lupuius became the werewolf, but now he hated to soft the mold more while being a werewolf. Oh, no. Wait, but he he didn't, though. (laughs) He's still like 11, but sure. Part two coming soon. So I guess we'll read part two next week. Wow. That was a beautiful story. Um, Professor Lumpus. Professor Lumpus. Professor Lumpus. I think Lumpkin is probably (laughs) my favorite. It's hard to beat Lumpkin. Yeah. Lumpkin is a classic, but uh, this was, this was good. This was definitely better than um, J.K. Rowling's Werewolf Lore. Oh, it looks like the next story isn't even finished. Oh, wow. Cliffhanger. All right. So we'll have to do something next time as well. All right. So that is going to be all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Tumblr at Literary Demerit. We upload new episodes on Fridays. You can find us on Patreon or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks so much to the Birthday Massacre and Metropolis Records for the use of their song Counterpain. You can find them on Bandcamp, Spotify, and Apple Music. And remember, we don't own anything. All credit to the original owners. <laughs>